Welcome to the Cruciform Life Church podcast, featuring the weekly sermons from our Sunday gathering. Please visit us online at www.cruciformlifechurch.org for more information. So let's now stand from our seats as we read our text today in our sermon in Luke chapter 1. Our text today is actually focusing in verses 16 to 17, but let's read from verse 5. Let's read from verse 5. Hear the word of God. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren. Both were advanced in years. Now while he was serving as a as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. May the Lord add blessing to the preaching of God's word. Let's pray. Lord, beyond everything, O Lord, that we can do at this moment, everything makes no sense apart from the Holy Spirit who will cause your word to come alive in our hearts. May everything be done not by the mere flesh of men. So we surrender to you, O God, and we seek for your help. We seek for the illumination of the Holy Spirit to grant understanding, clarity, and humility on our part, O Lord, to submit to your preaching as your appointed means, O Lord, for us to come to faith and believe and truly, O Lord, honor Jesus. To you be all 
the glory indeed in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Please be seated. Last Sunday, we had our Christmas party. And after the service, we were approached by the Ninongs and Ninangs, at least of Yuan and Marcos. And when we got home, uh, we were approached and they gave to us their gifts for them for Christmas. And then when we got home, Marcus saw those gifts and he asked his mom, Joy, Mama, whose gift is this? And then her mom said, Oh, this gift is for your papa. This is for me, and this is also for you and you one. And then he took the gift. Mama, can we open it na? And then Joy said, oh, you have to wait for Christmas before you open your gift. Okay. Then after a few minutes, Mama, Merry Christmas! It's already Christmas. Can I open the gift na? No, you have to wait before Christmas so you can open your gift. Oh, so he has to wait. Like many others, like many others, all we want is to wake up right away on December 25th and celebrate Christmas. So we can already receive, let's say, in that context, our gifts or open our gifts. And yung iba nga sa atin, for others, Gusto nila araw-araw Pasko. And yung iba hindi nga makapagantay ng Pasko. Yet, we know it's only on Christmas Day. It's only on Christmas Day that we can celebrate Christmas. And we have to wait for that day to celebrate and open our gifts. In our text today, when the angel Gabriel, we can see that it was Gabriel, in verse 19, apparently, when he came to announce to Zechariah that his wife Elizabeth will bore him a son who will prepare the coming of the Messiah, surely, uh, actually, uh, in the first response of Zechariah is, really? Because... My wife is barren. She cannot give birth. She cannot have. A, she cannot bore a son. And we are advanced in years. Sounds familiar in Genesis, right? At first, Zechariah, surely, at the temple, seeing a sight of an angel giving a an announcement that they will bore a son. Surely, he is recognizing that this is a divine message. And he is really leaning to believe it. But, but of course, here we can see that in that response, he will be judged, that he will be muted. He cannot speak after all for a few days. And imagine, in his excitement, with that announcement, he cannot speak. And surely Elizabeth is also thrilled and excited for that news, especially that their son will prepare the coming of Jesus. In their context as well, just like any kings, mga hari or royals, who, will, who announce their visitation, 
to a particular city or town, there must be a careful preparation that needs to be observed. Just as Jan, John the Baptist, we are familiar with this figure in the New Testament, they're saying that John the Baptist has more historical record than Jesus, so he's really that famous. John the Baptist, as we know, was appointed to prepare the people of God for the coming of Jesus, or in the language of the Old Testament, to prepare the way of the Lord. He was appointed to prepare the way of the Lord, so should we, so should we carefully rehearse as well the preparation for the first coming of Jesus. We should also have that sense of preparation, at least as we commemorate the time when Jesus is about to come here on earth. So before every one of us will simply rush and treat Christmas like a usual day of celebration, my prayer for you in this sermon is that you will have a serious reflection on the importance of the first coming of Christ and consider to have days of preparation, days of preparing your heart before Christmas comes. I entitled our sermon today from our text in Luke 1, 16 to 17, Don't Waste Your Christmas. Don't waste your Christmas. One familiar Christmas carol that, you, that we can hear, entitled Deck the Halls, has this line, This the season to be jolly, la la la, la 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 la. In our text today, there are three things, three things that we should give more importance than just to be jolly on Christmas or every Christmas season. Three things as we reflect on the calling of John the Baptist to prepare the people of God for the first coming of Christ. First, in verse 16, first, that we should do or we should be reminded that this the season to go back to God. In, more, in a modern form of English, this is actually it's. So it's like it's the season. So first is this the season to go back to God. Season also is like a time of the year. So we are in the time of the year before Christmas comes or surrounding Christmas. We are in this time of the year or season to go back to God. Second, this is the season to restore our broken relationships. In verse 17, second phrase of the verse. This is the season to restore our broken relationships with each other. Third, in verse 17, in the third phrase, this the season to establish our lives to the Word of God. This the season to establish our lives to the Word of God. Now, first, in verse 16, 
It tells us again that this the season to go back to God. The Gospel of Luke, as we all know, among the synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and also Luke, Luke, the writer here in this Gospel, gives emphasis on the dwelling of God with humanity. He is emphasizing again on the dwelling of God with humanity. And then he presents Jesus as the God who dwells among us. And in the Old Testament, this can only happen through a temple or in the time of Moses, tabernacle. That God should have a special place to dwell with man. Because we know we are separated, cast out from His presence. But He chooses to dwell still with man as the very core being of God. And this can happen through Jesus Christ as presented by Luke as the new temple. Not only that Israel can enter into this temple, but it extends to all nations. The Gentile world the non-Jewish people. But also, like Mark and Matthew, Luke also highlights the significance not only of the one who will prepare the coming of Jesus. So meaning, they, are, they have an account of John the Baptist because they are really respecting the, the preparation for the coming of Jesus, that they have to include the account of John the Baptist. They are sharing and highlighting this story, but if I may say, not only about John the Baptist, but highlighting more significantly the preparing for his coming. That there should be a serious preparation for the coming of Jesus. And this is not like an ordinary Christmas. Like we need to prepare gifts, that we need to buy new clothes, or go somewhere and have a vacay. But this is like the king is coming. And this king, if you will not recognize him, will bring judgment. This is actually a fearful warning, just like the Old Testament prophets. That whenever God will visit His people, it is like a form of judgment. But as we all know, that's why we, I love John, that he balances it, that Moses, through Moses comes the law, but in Jesus Christ, truth and grace. This is a mixture of judgment, but at the same time, grace and, or hope. In life. Now, it was at the time of King Herod, as we have read, it was at the time of King Herod that Zechariah, the priest, this is not the Zechariah like the Old Testament prophet. Okay, don't be confused because there are many Zechariah, which is a good name, which means the Lord remembers or Yahweh remembers. It is like a fitting name 
when Jesus, when Jesus is really about to come, remembering the salvation that the Lord promised. Zechariah the priest and his wife, Elizabeth, right, if I may add also, they are both, they both came from the good lineage of priesthood. Abijah and also Aaron, Elizabeth. They are both righteous, as we have read, but apparently they cannot bear a son together. But the announcement here is that they will bore a son who will prepare the coming of the Lord, Jesus. But this is the situation. There's only at least one chance for all priests for all priests priest, to be given a task to enter the Holy of Holies. If you are familiar with the temple in Israel, there is like three sections, as we all know. There is the very most holy place. And there, there can be only one high priest. But they are given a chance to be selected as the one who will enter the Holy of Holies. Apparently, through the casting, casting of lots, Zechariah was chosen at the appointed time to go in the temple and after to burn incense, as we have read, there appeared in the most holy place the angel Gabriel and gave an announcement again that you and your wife Elizabeth will have a son who will be called and will be named John who will prepare the coming of the Messiah. At this time, so while simply doing his task, the angel Gabriel appeared, yes. But this time, at this very moment, as we all know, there are like 400 or 500 years of silence, that there are already no prophets, there is no spoken word that they can hear from God. They're only dependent on the written word, like us, and sufficiently enough. There's no word from the prophet, and at this time, Israel is in the state of unbelief. They are not really that faithful still before God, that a messenger or a prophet must come ahead of the Messiah to prepare them by calling to repentance. To prepare them not merely for a grand welcome. Apparently, hindi ganun yung nangyari. Jesus came in a humble state. And only those wise men, so-called wise men and shepherds, with these animals, welcomed Jesus. But the preparation is more than that. The preparation is to seek deeply in their, in their hearts to reflect about God and to return to Him, to repent before God. At this time, the Roman power influenced many nations, especially they're like adopting the culture of the Greeks, immoral as it is. 
There are numerous forms of wickedness. They have lost their loyalty to their king, Herod. The priests and the scribes that were tasked to speak and teach the word of God, they're not faithful, but they are deeply corrupted that many people of Israel in the description of Jesus is like a sheep without a shepherd. Wandering and following the course of this world. Many prophets in the Old Testament, we are also familiar that they are consistently calling the people of God to return to the Lord. Return to the Lord. In Kings, it, it is described like that. Jeremiah, Hosea, the unfaithful spouse of the Lord, the Israel, Joel, Zechariah also. And when the first coming, the first coming of Jesus or the prophesied Messiah or the so-called spirit-anointed king is nearing, kumbaga lumalapit na yung pagdating ng Panginoon si Kristo, a messenger shall rise to speak the truth of God and turn the strayed children, strayed like yung mga asong kalye na walang nag-aalaga, strayed children of Israel back to the Lord their God. In one sense, if we will understand the consistency of the calling to repent, it is rooted from Again, from the words of the prophets, applied by Luke, actually from Malachi, the original word in Hebrew literally means or implies to turn away from sin. If you are like consumed by your sin, repentance is like turning away from sin, not only from sin, but to turn to the Lord, to turn to God. But just like Adam, who, let's say, it was also used like, Adam will return to the ground. Meaning, at one point, Adam will shuv, that's the Hebrew word, will go back to the ground, to its source. When it was applied to repentance, it's like going back to your source. Going back to God, who is our source. That's what repentance means. But in the prophetic work of John the Baptist, it calls us by the Spirit to turn away from evil, from evil ways, and turn to Jesus for salvation. That's why the Baptist, actually it's like a form of purification in the office of John. He's baptizing people for repentance. That's why church, Christmas is a celebration of the reality that God fulfilled His promise of sending a Redeemer to save us from our sins. That's my personal take on the meaning of Christmas. Is more than what we usually do every Christmas. 
is a celebration that finally God has fulfilled His promise. That the Redeemer has come at one point in history to save us from our sin and state of rebellion. rebellion. That's why as we are approaching Christmas, as, our, as we anticipate the day of celebration, of celebrating Christmas, we have to maximize each day to a moment of preparation to reflect on the reality that you need a Savior. Spend a moment wherein, as, the, as Christmas Day is approaching, realize that Jesus came for you. As it was exhorted earlier, without the coming of Jesus, we are hopeless. Commit this the season to turn away from your sins and to go back to our Lord Jesus Christ. Not an ordinary Christmas, right? Commit each passing day to really repent from all the evident sins in your heart. Or even those sins that you are not familiar with by asking God to reveal it to you. Small or big. I can never really amplify my, this calling of repentance also. But some of us here, or some of you, probably are still stubborn not to repent. It's just an ordinary Christmas. Why would I do that? Still stubborn to continue in sin. Still stubborn not to honor the Lord. Still stubborn to continue in your lifestyle. Sinful lifestyle. Who will still continue in the hardness of your hearts. That's why there's such a need for John the Baptist to preach a message of repentance. With much love for you. Brother or sister. Don't waste your Christmas without days of preparation. Without days of preparing your heart by turning back to our source. By going back to your Lord. To the Lord your God. Second, this the season in verse 17, second part. This the season to restore our broken relationships. That's my take in this verse. In verse 17, by the way, it says, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. To turn the hearts of the fathers. It's like here, emphasizing that fathers, not children, will go back to their children. It's like to turn the hearts of the father to their children. John the Baptist is depicted by the gospel writers from Matthew to John, as the prophesied forerunner of Jesus who will minister, as described 
by look in the power, in the spirit and power of Elijah. Right? Uh, but Malachi actually prophesied that Elijah will, will come alive again to prepare the coming of, of the Messiah. But I love the emphasis here. Not exactly Elijah. In the spirit and power of Elijah. Because Elijah was also depicted as the prophet who preaches repentance. Luke presented John the Baptist as the fulfillment again of the prophecy of Malachi. If you can just take it as a note. Malachi 4, 5 to 6. And one result of John's ministry of calling people to God to repent is that he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. This is actually stemming from the calling of repentance. The calling is to repent to God, and the result is not that you are not only going back to God, but you are restoring your broken relationships. Just as many families today, if we can be literal, let's say, just like many families today have broken relationships, actually this is like a figure of speech like father to the children, but we can already see the sense of relationship, intimate relationship. Just as many families today have broken relationships, Israel in that time also have broken and disturbed family. In the time of Israel, they're, they're, they're fa the families also are not united with each other. Siguro parang ganito sa context natin. No? Maraming mga Kristiyano na pag sa church bati-bati tayo. Pero kung sino yung iboboto natin, magkaaway tayo. <laughs> they are loyal to certain authorities that the fathers and the children are not united because of that. Well, I cannot exactly describe it like that, probably much deeper, because terrorizing yung mga authorities during that time. They are affected by their own loyalties, either to their own leaders or to Roman authorities. Some favors the Herodians, yung mga loyal kay Herod, some favor the Silots, yung mga opposing kay Herod. Some favors the Pharisees, some favors the Sadducees. There are different parties. But one big damage that, that destroyed the relationships in the families in Israel throughout generations is the unfaithfulness of the ancestral fathers that affected and brought judgment to the next generations. Because of the disobedience of the patriarchs, not really patriarchs, probably yes, but the early fathers of Israel who disobeyed God to the point that judgment will land on the next generation. That's why when they're like acknowledging their forefathers, the early generations, they have a bad image to them. Think about this kind of 
broken relationships. That's why John's mission is to rebuild the moral unity of the people of God by restoring their long-time broken relationships. For Israel, again, this is not an ordinary thing. This is not an ordinary thing. Deep-seated as it is. Let's say, if I can recall, I have classmates, foreign, India, and Bangladesh. They have, in history, if I'm not mistaken, there are certain abuse from the Bang. Bangladesh people against India or the other way around, the Pakistanis, that even at, up to this time, they are like they are like in they are like against each other because of the past. There are cultural, let's say, uh, disunity because of the past. There are also examples of this in our time, yes, as I have mentioned. There are cultural and historical issues that cannot be healed simply, even down to the context of family issues, where relationship of husbands and wives are stained by unfaithfulness, or the father or the mother left their children for some reason and went back after many years to their children. Tell you honestly, we have some people like confessing that they have a hard time, they're having a hard time to be reconciled to their parents because they have not felt, they have not lived as they grew up, not having a father figure, not having a mother on their side. That they find it hard to simply receive them. Even to us, this is not an ordinary thing. But one thing is for sure. As John will prepare the hearts of the people of God by calling them to repentance and bring them back to God through Jesus, the gospel of salvation alone can restore broken relationships. If you are not if you are not satisfied with that answer, think about this. How can we, as undeserving sinners, not forgive those who sinned against us when an infinitely holy, perfect, and righteous God forgave undeserving sinners like us? By sacrificing His Son in our place. Paano mo kayang harapin yung realidad na hindi mo kayang magpatawad sa kapatid mo? Magpatawad sa nanay, tatay, asawa? Na ikaw nga undeserving as you are. Nakatanggap ng kapatawaran kay Christ sa Panginoon sa pamamagitan ni Kristo na ikaw ay walang ginawang maayos sa Panginoon. Pero dahil sa sakripisyo ni Kristo, the wrath of God was erased and you are reconciled back to God. 
na yung relationship natin before God is not just like we are like boxing with each other, nag-aaway. Actually, it's a war. It's a war before God. Pero napagbati tayo ni Kristo through His sacrifice. How cannot the gospel restore also not only our relationship before God, but our relationship to each other? How can we not forgive? That's why Jesus is like playing around. Oh, you forgive seven times. After that, seven times again. After that, 77 times. Actually, you always forgive. Because I have forgiven you like I have erased your sin from, from west to east. I have removed your sin, this great sin. That's why you should be able to forgive. Church, you and I are enemies of God apart from Christ. We are not, we are initially, again, not only like boxing with each other, but we are at war. They are like, we are preparing for nuclear war before God. But the Prince of Peace came down and settled everything. We are no longer at war with God. He brought solution not only to our hostility against God, but He brought peace and solution to our hostility against each other. In light of the gospel and the grace of God in sending His Son for us, don't waste your Christmas by not humbling yourself to be reconciled to your children if you are a father or a mother for whatever you have done wrong against them. If you are a son or a daughter, be reconciled to your father or your mother for their shortcomings. If you have broken relationships with your friends, with your classmates, with your workmates, bosses, churchmates, or spouses, humble yourself and be reconciled to them. This the season to restore our broken relationships. Hear this. True repentance, true repentance results in reconciliation with others. Third and last, this the season to reestablish our lives to the Word of God. In verse 17, the third phrase we read, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. Sorry, the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. As the hearts of the Father, as we have, of course, in the previous phrase, it is like a parallel. Just like the Father's turning their hearts back to their children, now the disobedient will return to the wisdom of the just. This has been the constant picture of Israel 
Right? This is like yung laging nangyayari sa Israel na ang Panginoon nagpapadala ng mga messenger to be reminded of their covenant with God, especially back to the law, to, to reorient their lives again back to the law. And you know what happened? There is a constant disobedience. They're offering their sacrifices not only to God, Yahweh, but also to other gods. Immorality. So ay, malaking trabaho yung pag-aayos talaga sa buhay ng tao. That there are like seers, just like, let's say, a seer is like a wise man. That's why if you will read Proverbs, the description there is like, wisdom is calling to the roof. Personified wisdom, hear me, hear me, and listen to me, so that you will not be destroyed. There are prophets that are also being sent by God to return to Him and not to trust on other nations. Trust in the Lord. But they are still submitting to other nations. They're still like, they are even raising up the kings, raising up their own prophets, paying them to prophesy words that will suit their preferences. Let's say, gusto namin na hindi pumunta ng Babylon, yun yung sabihin mo. But no, Isaiah or Jeremiah is like saying, you should go to Babylon. But that's the will of God. Their lives were destroyed ultimately because they turned away from God and His Word. Hosea even says that my people, God is speaking, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Some people, they, are, they will say, let's say Christians are like portrayed like sheep and Jesus is like the shepherd. And some people will say, I'm not a sheep. I'm not a sheep. You are just sheep. Meaning, I'm not like being taken care of by a shepherd. Kumbaga, I was, I was once a sheep, now I'm no longer a sheep. I'm no longer a Christian. But the truth is, every man is a sheep. Unbelieving or unbelieving. The question is, who is shepherding you? At this point in time, are you being shepherded by God? Or there are other shepherds that you are following that leads you to destruction. Isaiah, in his prophecy on the, sir, on the suffering servant, the familiar Isaiah 53, in verse 6, we read, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Yet, for our salvation, the Lord has laid on the suffering servant the iniquity of us all. We have, after all, a good shepherd who always tries to keep you in line, who always tries to, to pull you when you are about to fall into the pit, who always carries you when you, are, when you cannot walk. 
who always even like sings for you. So you will be comforted. We have a good shepherd who will protect you when there will be wolves, wolves, or even enemies that surrounds. Yet, he will still choose not to listen to the good shepherd. We have a good shepherd who seeks for us to the point that he gave his life for us. Church, don't waste your Christmas by not surrendering once again to the shepherd of our souls. May these days before Christmas be spent in a more serious meditation of God's Word. And seek not only to meditate, but to really give your life to obey what it says. For a long time, baka hindi ka na tumingin sa salamin na hindi mo na alam itsura mo. In the language of James. You have to look to the mirror, to the Word of God and see what you have become. At ayusin mo yung sarili mo. Check yourself if your life is deeply rooted in God's Word or by social media already. Influencing how you should behave. Influencing what should satisfy you. Influencing your thoughts. Behaviors towards an opposite sex. If not, if you are not, or if you are not like indeed rooted in God's Word, I suggest that you meditate on Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the Bible that talks about the sufficiency of God's Word and the importance of God's Word for our faith and practice that the psalmist completed all the alphabet of Hebrew to prove that the Word of God is sufficient. So that you will be deepened on your conviction on the value of the Word of God in our lives. So as we come to a close, there are at least two events every year that so-called Christian world, even Catholics, let's say, are observing the Holy Week or Easter and Christmas. I don't know if there's still other celebrations. The Immaculate Conception, I'm sorry. No, that's not like that. The Holy Week and Christmas. Prior to these events, prior to these events, there are also days of preparation that is observed. They're observing it. And why are we not? For Easter, Lent, and for Christmas, Advent. That's why this is an Advent season. That's why it makes sense. They are like conducting 
simbang gabi. Hindi lang yun yung parang culture, pero I think it makes sense to call back the people again to God. To have that kind of preparation. Advent actually means coming. Coming. That's why there's this first advent, and the second advent is the second coming of Jesus. Though we are not biblically commanded, alright, we are not biblically commanded to celebrate these events. That there is a law. You should observe Christmas. Give gifts. Exchange gifts. And sing Christmas carols. There's no apostolic word that we should obey these events. That we can, but though it is not biblically commanded, we can participate in its observance and to take and take advantage of its benefit to our worship and transformation. Especially that we understand these things in light of the gospel. Actually, even our worship gathering is like a, a weekly rehearsal of what is like being said in His Word. And we are like rehearsing the Word of God each week in gathering. A visible Word. That's what they are saying. The sacraments is like a visible word. Think about this. But in enjoying you, but in celebrate you in Christmas, and it's just like an ordinary thing. For Jesus, every day is Christmas, because we are Christians. But do you celebrate your birthday every day? And why do you bother to celebrate your birthday? Why do you prepare for your birthday? Why do you bother to put decorations or go to a good restaurant, eat a good food, blow a candle in a cake? Because it's your birthday? Jesus didn't bother not to come for us, for our salvation. He gave His life. He came here on earth. Even if He's a God, He did not count equality with God. And He humbled Himself. Came here on earth to save us. Is that not a glorious historic event that we should commemorate? Commemorate? And we are missing it. It's just like celebration. Yes, Jesus is, is born, though He is God. But still, being born in a state of man is very significant for our salvation. And that is something that is worth, worthy of such preparation, commemoration, and celebration. Our message today is the practical application for the Advent. Don't waste these coming days before Christmas as if you are not preparing literally in a way that you are recognizing the value of the coming of Christ. 
this the season. Church, don't waste your Christmas because this the season not simply to be jolly. This the season to go back to God, to restore our relationships, our broken relationships, and to reestablish our lives to the Word of God. As redeemed people, summarizing our message, as redeemed people, we have the privilege to sanctify the coming days. Yung pinupurify natin yung coming days. Alam natin, masyado na tayong, tawag doon, toxic. That we need to, to sanctify, purify the coming days, to give worship and value for Jesus. We have the privilege to sanctify the coming days prior to the celebrating the day of commemorating the fulfillment of God's great promises and purposes when His Son finally came here on earth. Oh, worthy of such preparation and celebration. I want to close by reading 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. Because, yes, the real preparation that we should really give more effort on is the second coming of Jesus. He will soon return. It's not just like Christmas that we should prepare. But here's the hope. Yes, everything is still like we are still in the corrupted world. There's still, there's still fights between each other. Disunity. And this is the sanctification process, right? Until glorification. And this is our hope. 1 John 3 verse 2. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him because we shall see Him as it is. Verse 3, let me add, And everyone who thus hopes in Him purifies himself as he is pure. Let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks. And it's beyond words of gratefulness on how we can express it, Lord God. How we should respond on the great act throughout history when God eternal, divine spirit incarnated and became like men. To go through all the life of men and become the perfect Adam and the one and the, and the lamb also in the end who will be sacrificed for our sins. Lord, in your coming, just like the, what the song says, let every heart prepare Him room. Let everyone prepare, O oh God, for the worship of Christ by returning to You, by reconciling with each other, 
and reestablishing our lives again back to your word. Lord, you love your people. And you love your church. Glorify yourself, Lord God, as we submit, oh Lord, to the privilege that we have, oh Lord, as we testify the goodness of your goodness when you have sent your son Jesus for us. We bless you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Cruciform Life Church Podcast. Check out more gospel-centered messages at www.cruciformlifechurch.org or subscribe to this podcast at Spotify.